and welcome back to the second part of the second two-part episode I featured in Dose of Joy. That's a mouthful on cancer in kids. Let's dive right in. For infants and very young children, zero to two years, they feel more secure when the routines that they have at home are continued, when they're comforted by being close to, cuddled, and cared for by their parents and trusted caregivers. They may be fearful of strangers and cry when the cancer care team comes in the room, making it hard to talk with the team. For toddlers and preschoolers, two years to five years, they should know the name of their cancer, simple facts about treatments, and hear basic information about how day-to-day life will change. They might like to learn what is happening through medical play with special dolls or activities designed to teach children about their treatment. For school-age children with cancer, 6 years to 12 years, they might have their own ideas about what cancer is, so it can be helpful to ask them what they know about cancer early on. They should be told the name of their cancer and how it will be treated, and they will need information about what happens with school and other activities during treatment. Teenagers who are 12 to 18 years will usually be able to understand more complex information about their cancer, including treatment, procedures, and risks and benefits. They should hear diagnosis and treatment information directly from the healthcare team as much as possible. They might find it helpful to connect with people their age who have cancer and they might have concerns about changes in appearance, including changes in weight and hair loss. I'll add here the Look Good, Feel Better site, since I know as your guide to cancer, they have a specific helpful link for teens. It's teens.lookgoodfeelbetter.org. It has sections on skin care, makeup, nail care, and hair care, as well as wigs, hair coverings, and hats. It also has sections on nutrition, exercise, and fitness, and social life. Up next, understanding how children and teens react to a cancer diagnosis. Children and teens react in many different ways to having cancer and starting treatment. There are some general things you may see in different ages that are all part of the normal process of adjusting to a serious illness. It is normal to experience stress after diagnosis, but even normal reactions can be hard to manage without some help and advice from people who specialize in helping children with cancer adjust. Talk to the cancer care team about working with a psychologist or social worker. These specialists are often present in pediatric cancer centers and will meet with you and your family and help with any coping problems. Again, here's a few age-appropriate reminders, and you can go to the podcast's Facebook page this week to pull up this specific page. 
If you're accessing this show later, having a hard time finding this resource, remember, as a financial supporter of the show, I'll email you links to the resources highlighted. So you can email and ask me for this when you're helping out the show. Infants and very young children with cancer might fear being separated from parents. They might be afraid of and upset by painful medical procedures, and they might need only a small number of cancer care team members to care for them to help with stranger anxiety. Toddlers and preschoolers with cancer might yell, scream, throw tantrums, hit, or bite. They might regress to behaviors such as thumb-sucking or bedwetting, and they might do well with consistent routines for medical procedures, such as blood draws, taking medicine, and going to the hospital or clinic. School-age children with cancer might be upset by disruption of school, they might miss seeing classmates and friends, and they might look for more emotional and social support from family and friends. Teens with cancer might be upset about changes in their appearance, they might show intense emotional responses, They might focus on the meaning of life and the cancer's effect on their identity, and they might rebel against parents, doctors, and treatments. Children and teens will cope better if they see their loved ones managing stress and coping well. There are some important things you can do to help your child and teen adjust in the first few weeks. Here are some general strategies to help adjust during the first few weeks after diagnosis and beyond. Ask for support with resources on the team that focus on helping with coping early on, such as child life specialists, psychologists, and social workers. Think about your parenting style and try not to change your expectations for their behavior because of cancer. It helps your child to keep things the same. Encourage your child or teen to talk about their feelings with you, another trusted caregiver, or member of the healthcare team. Encourage playtime and activities to distract from painful procedures or during long hospital stays and clinic visits. Talk with your cancer team about ways to manage side effects of treatment so your child feels as good as possible during treatment. Ask your cancer care team when your child can return to school and other activities. Even if they cannot participate, they may be able to watch activity practice or attend school part-time. Then they are there for those moments others talk about later and may not feel so left out. Keep your school-age child or teen connected with their friends. Ask about visits during hospital stays or clinic visits from different kinds of support therapists. Many hospitals have pet therapy, music therapy, and art therapy. 
ask about school services during hospital stays and clinic visits. Some hospitals have teachers on staff who can help with schoolwork when your child is well enough. Look for camp programs or support groups for older children and teens with cancer. Your cancer care team can provide information on what is available. And I'll plan a whole episode highlighting camps and retreats available for kids with cancer and adults. A couple things I'd like to call out here specifically, though. Group Loop at grouploop.org specifically says on their page, this website is designed with teenage cancer patients in mind, but our advice is equally valid for adults. I'll share the link to this website on the podcast Facebook page and also share a link to a specific page about dealing with people. It offers some great tips like try to keep an open and honest conversation going with the adults about how they can support you without making you feel like a seven-year-old again. The adults might become overprotective, understanding that this is a natural reaction that stems from them worrying about your health can help make it a bit less annoying. Once again, being honest about your feelings is recommended. Explain to them that you understand that they worry, but you need to be allowed to experience your teens, not just the home and the hospital bed. And for dealing with friends, your friends probably want to help and support you, but might be insecure about how to do it best. Some people, including adults, become so afraid about saying or doing something wrong that they end up saying and doing nothing at all. Try to be open with your friends about your needs and wishes to make it easier for them to support you the way you want to be supported. If you don't want to talk about your cancer treatment, diagnosis, prognosis, etc. with your friend, tell them instead of trying to hint. If you want to do certain things or not do certain activities, be open about it. This is also true for things that you want to do but shouldn't for medical reasons. If you shouldn't be in crowds because you are immunocompromised, let your friend know instead of just always saying no every time they invite you to the mall, the ball game, or to go dancing. I also want to highlight Super Sibs. Their goal is to honor, support, and recognize siblings of children with cancer to ensure they will face the future with strength, courage, and hope. Super Sibs provides free, ongoing comfort and care support to children and teens between the ages of 4 and 18 who reside in the United States and who have or have had a brother or sister with cancer. Referrals must be made by a parent, guardian, or authorized representative by filling out an online form. I'll post this form on the Dose of Joy podcast Facebook page this week.
Finally, give your child choices when appropriate. Toddlers and preschoolers can decide which color medicine to take first. Older children can often help write down medicines that work best for managing side effects like nausea or pain. After the first few weeks, many families find managing cancer starts to get a little easier. The worries and challenges cancer brings may not go away, but families often have learned more about what to expect and may feel that day-to-day life is more predictable. For some children and teens, it can take a little longer. Over time, with support, most children with cancer are able to cope, but there are times when it might get to be too much. If a child seems to be having a lot of trouble, even after the first few weeks of treatment, they might benefit from some extra help adjusting. You can talk with a psychologist or social worker at the cancer center who can evaluate the child and make sure that they get the kind of help they need. Rarely, a child may need to see a psychiatrist for medicine or counseling. To close today, we all know the tremendous power of music and how a song can uplift and change our mood. So I wrap up by highlighting the Play It Back music program. The Play It Back music program gives adolescent and young adult cancer survivors the opportunity to express themselves and heal through the power of making music. Play It Back connects adolescent and young adult cancer survivors with industry professionals to create songs, meet artists, and explore music. Their website states they work with all skill levels, from professional to beginner. I'll share more information about this on the Dose of Joy podcast Facebook page, as you may find an artist from the program and song that you really connect with. This could be your song during your journey. If you want to be a Play It Back artist, there's a form to fill out and submit. I'll share that on the Dose of Joy podcast Facebook page, too. With that, I conclude today's episode of Dose of Joy. If you enjoy the show, please leave a five-star review with positive comments wherever you're listening in. Also, tell someone you know facing cancer about this show so they can listen in and catch up on all the previous episodes they're interested in. Contact the show at doseofjoypodcast at hotmail.com. And don't forget to like the Dose of Joy podcast page on Facebook. Until next time, I leave you with my heartfelt wish for a joy-filled life. I'm gonna laugh and I'm gonna cry